Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. This is your host, Mike Abadir, and I'm alongside Gino Bacola. And this is our Breeders' Cup preview show. We have four great guests to help us break down all the Breeders' Cup races. We have Emily Gullickson, Matt Dinnerman, George Ortuzar, and Craig Milkowski. And Gino, after a great World Series, we're about to be treated to the Super Bowl of horse racing starting tomorrow at Del Mar and with the big races on Saturday. And I'm going to suggest that all the listeners get down to Del Mar or your local track, or OTB, or open an ADW account, turn on NBC or TVG, and enjoy the best wagering opportunity in all of sports. How are you feeling about everything, Gino? Um, you know, I'm glad it's Breeders' Cup because I won't have too much time to vent on the Dodgers this morning. Otherwise, that would have been an hour-long show of me just kind of <laughs> crying, going over I knew all, you're the, gonna go there. all the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But you know what? I, I do think the Astros just played a little bit better. So I'm glad that we can just kind of focus move on to the breeders cup we can talk some racing and at least you didn't open up the show this morning by choking i did hear you packing the the chew though in the <laughs> intro so I'm, I'm i'm a little proud we're taking baby steps here but yes. we gotta rock we gotta rock and roll because we have four guests and we're gonna try to get through all of the races and at least kind of touch base on a bit of them so our first guest and, and get this mike i think she she should be doubly proud because you and I didn't even realize this until about a week ago. We haven't had a female guest yet on the show. We've had, what, about 12, 10, 12 weeks through the show. We have not had a female guest. So our first female guest, she is a great follow on Twitter at May, uh, May Hemily, M-A-Y-H-E-M-I-L-Y-1. She is an awesome handicapper. Once you follow her, you can really tell immediately she knows what she's talking about. She does great work for optics. And what I like about Emily is... She's a, a real trip handicapper. She uh, handicaps races just like I do. She watches a lot of the replays, and, uh, and I love the trip notes and stuff that Optics has. So really excited to have Emily on the show because this is kind of the first time that her and I have ever had the opportunity to interact. Emily, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm, I'm honored to be the first female guest. You're the queen of the show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, Emily, you're on the drive right now over from uh, Arizona to Del Mar. We really appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, to pull off the side of the road and talk some racing with us. So let's uh, I'm, I'm the type of guy I want to go straight to the uh, the dessert. I want to go straight to the good stuff. I want to go straight to the feature. Let's talk Breeders' Cup Classic, the big race of the weekend. An interesting one with a horse like Arrogate coming in. You have some question marks because he wasn't quite himself in the uh, the couple races this year after such a monster end to last year, beginning of the year. Um, what's your overall thought on the big one, the classic? Yeah, I think that's where you know where you have to start your handicapping um, is with with Arrogate, and it you know for the most part, a lot of the chatter is it's sort of a matchup between Arrogate and the very informed Gunrunner. And, um, you know, between those two, and I, I did a write-up, I'll kind of send it around, um, you know, I'm siding with, I'm siding with Arrogate. Um, I, I thought his last race was, was a good race. Um, you know, he's just, he's moving forward. He's looked good in his gallops. He's looked good in his works. Um, and, you know, he's beat, it's not even just that he's beat Gunrunner a couple times. Um, you know, this is his distance. 
it's it's a local barn, and I just I think that he's you know he's really the horse to beat. Um, I'm I'm not super excited to bet him. Like last year, um, I was against California Chrome, and I really thought kind of the same thing. It was you know it was a two horse race, and um, and him being the second choice in wagering uh, was was a really fair bet. And, um, you know, with Gunrunner, I, you know, he's, he's an awesome horse. Um, distance is, is obviously a question. It always has been. It's always one I've had. You know, I followed him doing the trip notes since, uh, since his career began as a two-year-old. And, um, you know, it's just the type of trips that he's been getting. Um, I just don't kind of see that shaking out in here. And then with the added distance um, and a short price, I, I just, I, I can't, I couldn't pick him. Um, he won't be on my tickets, not even like, well, you know, maybe a saver. No, I, I just, you know, it's not for me. If he wins, then, then that's okay. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where, you know, between those two, um, where I landed. And, you know, I love what you just said, too, about, uh, about Gunrunner, because one thing so many people do it, when you're playing exotics and, We've got so many opportunities to make money. If there's a race where there's a horse that's two to one that you don't like, just chuck them. You, you know, you just chuck them. There's just we, we we get too defensive sometimes when we're playing favorites or playing horses that are short prices. You can get defensive when you're playing a horse that's a middle to a bigger price. But you know, if you can, I, I just I love what you said. You know, Gunrunner is a horse that you necessarily don't like in this spot. So for you, it's not worth it's not worth using a few extra bucks to save with a horse that's going to be two to one that you don't love. Right, and and that's you know, and that's more on on the win end, right? Because let's say yeah. let's say you know, arrogant wins and, and gun runner runs second. Like that's just a, not a bet I'm gonna I'm gonna make. Um, you know, so whether whether I end up playing it kind of um, you know in the, in that manner, you know, I don't know because I mean it's tough because gun runner could easily run second. Um, arrogant could easily win, and you know I have to decide whether I want to bet into that. Um, you know, I did, you know, so kind of one of the things I, I mentioned in Hannah in an um, article I did for Forbes is that, you know, if it isn't arrogant and I, and I don't think it's gun runner, um, you know, there's a few horses in here that are, that are just kind of tosses to me. Um, I think collected is very talented. Um, uh, you know, he's going to have to sort of be running up there with, um, with gun runner. So that could be problematic, but you know, he's a solid horse. Like I just, I love the way he looks in the morning. Um, uh, so you know, people like him, um, I could see that. But I'm, I, I'm interested in, in War Decree, um, and I and I understand that it's you know it's a stab. But looking back at, it, I watched his last race, and it was a totally perfect covered up trip. But he just did everything right. Um, you know, the the younger, I believe it's a female O'Brien, just kind of tipped him out in the clear and just kind of shook the reins at him, and he just, you know, he he responded. So that wasn't his best, and you just sort of look at the pattern. You're like, well, okay, this horse has been running on turf. You know, over in Europe, the better races are on turf. Why would they run this horse on synthetic? You know, and so to me, I'm kind of answering that question like, well, it's a prep for dirt. You know, it's the closest thing you can kind of get to it, sort of that same running style. So I think that uh, this horse is is well-intended in this spot. Um, and then, you know, being a three-year-old, he's going to have to prove he's good enough. He's going to have to make him another move forward. But I just think for, for that kind of sake, um, you know, that's, he, he's interesting. He's, he's definitely well-meant in this spot. And he's going to be a big, big price. He's definitely worth using in some of your exotics. We're here with Emily Gullickson from Optics talking some Breeders' Cup, just rolling through the classics. So, 
Emily, you want to go through the couple of the races that you, you've already looked at and did the write-ups for? We can talk a little uh, oh, yeah, Dirt Mile. Absolutely. Okay, uh, well, yeah, yeah, we have Emily yeah, on for a few mile. minutes. So um, this is a race that I wrote for Hannah, and I kind of went in um, in depth on that race. Got to kind of pull it up in front of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no problem, uh, no problem. It's race yeah, seven yeah. on Friday. Yeah, race seven on Friday. She, I know Emily's doing such a great job for us. She's in the car. I'm sure she's got the papers or the computer, or the iPad, or you know, all <laughs> yeah, over. Exactly. If it's like me, I'm I'm old school, so I still got the papers everywhere. You know. Hey, well, Emily, uh, while yeah, while you're so pulling that race, up, so this I, race, you know, um, I think I, I guess kind of the same, you know, sort of same situation you have with um, Sharp Aztec and More Spirit horses that have faced each other before and um in this spot both kind of have questions and really sharp as tech is a similar case the way that i saw um Trey Fong and and um and and really a uh, gun runner is he's been setting very um even even if the pace is fast it hasn't been very contentious you know he doesn't have like three horses sort of pushing him through those fractions and 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 that type of scenario where he's going to have some other presence is stressful for a horse and, uh, you know, I just, like, look through his plot, the optics plot, um, which is kind of our, our pace track. And um, it, it's very useful. One of the things I use it for is I can look back and just kind of see race shapes and see how horses won under different scenarios. And the only time this horse kind of faced pressure like that, the way that I've seen this race, is um, in the Woody Stevens and the Malibu, where, you know, he ran, he ran the race that he runs, but just kind of got short late. So I see that kind of scenario developing. Um, and, and more spirit to me, you know, um, pretty similar, but he seems to have a little bit more stick um, and seems to be, you know, kind of moving forward a little bit to where, you know, if I had to go between the two, um, I, I would lean that way, um, even though I do have some questions there. But sort of at a price um, uh, and a horse that I will definitely be betting is uh, Battle of Midway. I just think this race is he's just pointed for it. Um, it's kind of a perfect perfect mile for him um, sort of kind of right he's got some speed but he can also stalk and I think those two setting a pace in front of him I don't think he's going to get caught up in there I just don't think he's fast enough to run with those guys so he'll be able to just kind of like fall right behind a trip um, you know another local horse and um, just looks really well spotted for this race and I, just, I think he's going to run a good race Could it be possible that another Baffert runner is a little bit overlooked in Cupid? You know, um, yeah, I, 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 I gave Cupid a shot. I just, I can't get super excited about him because he's just kind of like, I, I think of the word I use, I call him a plotter. Where he's just kind of like, yeah. he's, he's sort of one pace, but I could definitely see this horse winning. I mean, he's just, he puts himself in, the, in a good spot and, and has races that could win. And, you know, if I'm, I, I'm probably not going to make a win bet on him, but if I'm playing like pick threes or doubles or any of, you know, multi-race sequence, he's on my tickets because there's definitely a scenario where, where he can win. You know, and that's interesting because, you know, when I look at the Bob Baffert entries, and I was, I was about to jump in and ask you this with respect to the classic. I mean, a part of this for me is handicapping Baffert. And I don't have any numbers on this per se, but I've noticed, and, and People say this all the time about other trainers as well, is you take the longer price between multiple entries. But I've noticed that a lot of times Baffert doesn't like his horses to get in the way of his other runners. So he'll keep, you know, maybe two Kentucky Derby prospects um, on different paths, you know, one in Oklahoma and one in California, that type of thing. And so I kind of have to wonder if he's got four runners in the classic or the two in, in, in this race that we're talking about right now. 
Um, does that mean that maybe he doesn't have supreme confidence in his top gun? Um, you know, I mean, they could. It's so hard for me to play those what-ifs. I mean, Cupid was was entered for the classic, so I think it just kind of came down to, like, well, you know, let's let's run him in the mile. I mean, he's not he's not on the classic level, and so, like, where else are you going to go? You can't really run him on turf. So, you know, I think that this is, you know, sort of the next spot, and I, I don't... I don't know if necessarily they were like, you know, thinking, let's point him for the mile or we don't have confidence in this other horse, but, you know, he belongs. Like, he belongs to be running this weekend, and I think this is just kind of the spot. But, again, I try to not get so caught up in that because it's just a, it's a lot of guesswork. Um, you know, where I'm, I'm sort of my handicapping style is I'm just more evaluating, evaluating the horses. That's, I think that's why I have a Twitter crush on you, Emily, is because I do I do the very same thing when when I I see you talking about trips and stuff and I and how much time you spend handicapping and how it's like well it didn't go on a date this weekend because I spent seventy five hours watching replays and I laugh I do I do the same thing um, let's uh, let's jump into the Philly and Mare Sprint which is going to be race number six on Saturday and so far. From what I've heard, especially when you're talking about the horses that you're taking stands against, you and I are going to be either having a really good weekend or we're going to be uh, misery loves company together because it seems like so far we're in the same boat. And what do you do with Unique Bella? You know, this race, I think you have to start at least with her. Are you playing her? Or are you playing against? Um, uh, you know, it's it's a tough one because at nine to five, I'm I'm playing against, but I will concede that she can she can win this race. Um, she's just not, she's just never been a horse that like everybody gets really excited about her. And to me, like, I've just never, I've never seen that. Like, I, I just don't get that excited about her. Um, you know, even just kind of watching the races. I mean, she's pretty, she's pretty rank. Um, she doesn't break that well. She's got, she's got a lot of speed, but she's got like this type of speed where she doesn't really have like, you know, start and stop. She's sort of just got like go. And um, and not a lot of stamina, and so I think that's why you know they tried to route her like she's kind of built more like a router, but I just don't think she has the um, has the right stamina. So you know, Mike Smith said he's going to go, um, and you know maybe she just she just gets the trip and um, from the outside and and she wins. But at nine to five, you know she doesn't she's not the fastest horse in the race. You know on on optic figures, that's our our own speed figures. And on, you know, optics plot, uh, her optics plot is fine. It's not great. I mean, there's really no, like, there's a great in there. Um, but just at, at 9 to 5, I just don't look at her and I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, clearly the horse to beat. And there's just so many, so many other ways to go. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, like, interested in the 30 to 1. And it's, like, the type of race where I'm, like, I want to find, like, a 4 to 1, 6 to 1 that's logical. So, <laughs> you know, it's a... It's a really wide, wide open race. You know, and I think I heard you talking the other day, Emily, when you were recording one of your videos, um, and I can't remember who exactly was talking with you, but the way that I see this race, too, there, there's not necessarily a ton of one-dimensional speed types. There's a lot of the stalking-type horses, and I could really see Unique Bella being floated really wide all the way around here and losing some ground because a lot of these horses, they, they want to be close and maybe just pressing right off. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, Princess Karen, who's who's outside of her. I mean, she's she's gonna go, and I'm, you know, John Doyle, who was on the video with me, and he's the one yeah, that brought up that yeah. point. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's like, well, Slippery, I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm like, she's gonna go. So he and I are gonna have to have this 
discussion after the race and see who is <laughs> right. But, you know, she's gone even further outside of Unique Bella. So, you know, if she, if she decides to go and, um, you know, Unique Bella, she does. She kind of breaks the steps slow. She kind of got to get used out of there. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there are. It's, the pace scenario is, is kind of tricky. And I think that probably the horse that um, really fights for it and gets the right trip is, is the one that's going to win. Emily Gullickson from Optics, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Uh, before we let you go, um, make sure to give us all your plugs. Let us know where we can find you on Twitter and uh, let us know the information about Optics. And got to already extend an invitation to have you back on again. You are great, and we'd uh, we definitely love to talk more racing with you again sometime. Absolutely. Sure, anytime. Um, my Twitter handle is at Mayhemily1. That's M-A-Y-H-E-M-I-L-Y-1. Um, and Optics EQ. So that's my website. It's all the um, handicapping information at uh, optixeq.com. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of information on there and would love for you to check it out. Um, you know, we've been live with this product for about a year and a half um, in development for a lot longer than that. But live for a year and a half where we're, we're super proud of it and um, just getting better and better. I've only heard positives from everybody that uses it, too. So uh, we're always looking at the grid, trying to find the big square. Who's going to be the lone speed somewhere, Emily? <laughs> um, you know, God, I'm just trying to think, like, of the plot. They're putting me on the spot. Um, oh, no, oh, that was, that was more know. of a... I'll have to tweet a, out something. Yeah, you, you tweet that out. That was like a, a rhetorical question. That You know, when I'm, when oh. I'm looking at the... That's, what I, that's my... my uh, when I'm looking at the plot, I'm always looking, yeah, we're looking to find the big one who's going to be the alone speed. And that's what's great because a lot of us and a lot of the people are great visually. And so with the plot, it makes things really easy for some of us who are a little stupider and don't want to go deep sometimes like I don't feel like going, you know? Yeah, or, you know, it's just something that can trigger you that you're like, okay, well, this horse looks like the standout, right? So now I have to dig into the grid, like, is this a legit horse? You know, then you can kind of check and go like, oh, yeah, this horse is legit, like, this is, you know, this would be my single type of thing. You know, it just kind of helps keep you fresh. You know, this, like, if you handicap a lot, you play a lot, um, it's, it's really mentally draining. So anything that can just kind of, like, keep you, you know, keep you fresh and, like, cut out, cut out a lot of the noise, um, it's so helpful. Awesome. Emily, thank you so much again. Good luck in all of your handicapping in the Breeders' Cup. We'll make sure to send out... Um, some of your uh, your links and some of your write ups. I've listened to some of the uh, the stuff you've recorded already. You always do such a great job. We respect all the work you put in, and we appreciate you helping us out. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Emily. Enjoy your time at Del Mar. All right, will do. Okay. Well, that was Emily Gullickson. Fantastic analysis there. We're going to take our first commercial break, and on the other side, we will Daddy. be joined by Matt Dinnerman. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, 
Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. This is the Breeders' Cut Preview Show with Mike and Gino, and we will be joined immediately by our very next guest, Matt Dinnerman. He is the track announcer at Emerald Downs. He's also the PA announcer for the Breeders' Cup for Friday and Saturday, and he also does track analysis on the in-house feed for Golden Gate Fields. Matt, good morning, and how are you? Good morning, Mike. Gino, everything's great. Beautiful day here in San Diego, and uh, obviously us racing fans have a lot to look forward to these next few days. Well, Matt, so, I know uh, you know you're busy, Matt. I want to try to let you get uh, in and out as quick as you can. And if you get done with the race and you have a few minutes more for us, we'd love to have you. But, Mike, we know Matt's uh, doing all sorts of uh, pre-production, rundown stuff, because Matt's going to be involved with the, the big days. The next two, and as you mentioned, he's the PA announcer for the Breeders' Cup. So, so Matt, on Friday, we got the highlight of the distaff. I saw that just about a, an hour ago, you were hanging out with one of the top distaff contenders in Forever Unbridled. How do you see this race unfolding, Matt? Interesting race, Gino. Um, I think it's going to be a tactical race. You've got eight runners in it, and uh, Paradise Woods, I'd expect, is going to go to the lead. Stellar win, the morning line favorite. She likes to be on the outside, and she draws post, too, so I think that's pretty interesting. It'll be interesting to see how Victor Espinosa plays it out of the gate because we're not used to seeing her being inside of runners. Usually she's outside, uh, like we've seen with her and Vail Dory and her and Beholder. All those wins that she had, she was stalking the pace from the outside. And uh, Victor may have to try to get out there. I think Paradise Woods is going to go to the lead. Uh, and third start off the layoff for Richard Mandela, I think she's very dangerous. And if she runs back to that Santa Anita Oaks performance, I think she's very, very dangerous in there, and I actually made her my top pick because I don't think there's a ton of early speed to go out with her, and I loved her work the other day. I think she's getting stronger since that lengthy layoff she had after the Kentucky Oaks, and uh, she's going to try to wire the field, I think. That is Paradise Woods, who on paper, uh, I agree with you, uh, looks like the lone speed in that one. So, um, Matt, with the distaff as the big race uh, closing it out, how would you, from like a wagering standpoint, how do you play the races? Are you more of a win, exacta, double player, pick three? What would your approach be with Paradise Woods uh, in the distaff? 
Yeah, I'd probably place a straight bit win bet on her. I'm not much of an exotics player, to be honest, but um, I'd probably put a straight win bet on her and uh, use her in the late pick for something along those lines. And I probably will put stellar wind on there, but I think that's a race uh, where you probably uh, don't need to spread. I think the juvenile turf races are races that you may want to spread a little more. And, and Matt, what what are... What do you think is the best betting sequence between Friday and Saturday? Well, I'd have to say the pick fours and the pick fives, just because you're going to get such huge pools there. And really, when you look at some of the payouts over the years, they've been spectacular. Obviously, they're very, very difficult bets to hit. uh, But in terms of the way I'd play it, uh, bets like the pick four, especially if you get a couple people in it, I mean, you can put in 50 bucks and, and come out with a lot of money there. So, uh, I do think the races are going to be relatively formful this year. It looks like most of the races have clear-cut favorites, but I'd have to say those pick fours and pick fives with the guaranteed pools are uh, pretty juicy. They're hard to turn down, especially if you're a horse player. Yeah, Matt, that makes a lot of sense, my, know, especially uh, with the big fields, right? Oh, absolutely, and that's the thing. And really, with these big fields, it's all about the trip. You guys know that. And really, sometimes the best horse doesn't always win because – Another horse gets a better trip, and, and there's very little margin for error. And you need luck on your side, I really do believe, to not only win any wager, but to win wagers in the Breeders' Cup. You need luck on your sides with these big fields, and you're going to get horses that are going to go off at prices that they normally would go off much lower in an average race, but this is the Breeders' Cup after all. And you're seeing superstar after superstar and post-position by post-position. So that's why you're going to get some good prices on some very good horses. Before we let you go, Matt, I, I have to ask you about one of my favorite places. I had the opportunity a few years back to go up to Emerald Downs for a weekend. I got to uh, experience what it's like there with some of the Friday night racing that they have. I was actually up there on uh, the Long Acres Mile weekend. And, man, just the experience. It, it's incredible. The fans, they are so enthusiastic. Everybody loves the track. Everybody loves the racing what have your first few years been like up there at Emerald? Oh, being at Emerald Downs has been spectacular. You know, this is a, a beautiful racetrack, beautiful setting, the mountains in the background. Uh, and like you said, Gino, you saw it for yourself. Very enthusiastic crowds, people that really enjoy the community, enjoy racing. And it really makes your job easier when you're working at the track, when you have so many good people around you that have so much enthusiasm. And that's what really carries of the beauty of Emerald Downs is the atmosphere. So uh, it's been an absolute blast. I'm very, very lucky and fortunate to be in the position I'm at for folks to give me the opportunity up there when I was young and they took a shot with a youngster like me who didn't have a lot of experience. And luckily I've gotten a lot more opportunities and hopefully those opportunities keep coming because I'm very, very blessed. And there have been a lot of people that have helped me. So uh, Emerald Downs is a lovely track and no matter where I go next, if I go next anywhere, it would be very difficult to leave there just because uh, Emerald Downs is, is such a, a great track. It's a gem of a track in its own way. And you know, one of my goals in life is to take down that 20 cent pick seven. <laughs> <laughs> I love that wager, man. I love it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, and it's a great, it's an interesting bet, you know, 20 cent minimum and you can go deep in races. And sometimes those Emerald down races play out to be pretty interesting. You've gotten some good uh, payouts in that wager, buddy. 
I was yeah. fed very well up at the Quarter Shoot Cafe. Uh, I can uh, I can tell you that. So make sure to let to let the uh, the Steiners and all the good people up there know that Gino loves Emerald. It's one of my favorite racetracks, and I will definitely be back up there to visit sometime soon. And I'll I'll come say hello to you, Matt. Absolutely, buddy. Yep, Sally Steiner. She is an angel, and it's uh, a wonderful place, the Quarter Shoot. But we'll be looking forward to seeing you up there, Gino. Next time you come. Okay, let's give us your plugs. Uh, where can we find you on social media, and where should we watch it? Be uh, watching and listening for you next. So you can follow me on Twitter at Three Colts Handicap. That's number Three Colts Handicap. That's my Twitter handle there. Um, and you can watch, of course, Emerald Downs to hear my live race calls. You can watch Golden Gate Fields. I'm on the track feed there, giving analysis tickets similar to what Megan Devine does at Santa Anita. And then, of course, this weekend, watch and wager on the Breeders' Cup, and you'll be hearing me doing the post parades and all sorts of spots uh, throughout the afternoons of the Breeders' Cup here at Del Mar on their feet. Outstanding. Well, Matt, we, we know your time is limited. You've got a lot going on. Congrats on all the success that you've had and being a part of the Breeders' Cup. We'll be listening for you, and uh, we appreciate that you spent a few minutes with us. My pleasure, Mike and Gino. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Matt. Enjoy your time in Del Mar. Thank you. you so well. that was Matt Dinnerman. That was excellent. You know what? He's really got a, um, a a great demeanor to him. He's got an excellent voice. You know, you know, he actually sounds a little bit like Norman, doesn't he? He, he they, does. They, he sounds a little bit like Norman Cassie. They both sound very similar. And you know what's funny? They're just smart. He's a smart guy. Like the thing I, I can tell you right immediately about Matt, he gets it. He Whatever it is, you know, he gets it. He's a good guy. He's funny. He's everybody likes him. I've never heard one guy, one person say a bad thing about Matt. Um, just just an awesome guy, top to bottom, you know, and, and the Breeders' Cup did a great job hiring him to do some work with them. And uh, I look forward to Matt continuing on. You'd have to imagine he's kind of the future right now when it comes to the voices of, of racing. He, you know, he's going to be one of the voices of horse racing that we're going to be hearing for many, many years. Yes, absolutely. And uh you know, they were talking about how, you know, there were there was a, an older generation of announcers. And so it's nice to see that there's some younger blood in the game. And, um, you know, you, you feel good about the fact that, you know, there are younger people interested in the sport and bringing a talent like that into the fold, starting him off at Emerald Downs. I love Emerald Downs, but I suspect that he's going to be at bigger circuits. Uh, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And, and I know we have George waiting. Uh, he's going to be joining us in just a minute. So. I'm going to just quickly give a couple uh, a couple selections that I have in a few of the races, and then we'll bring in George. We'll talk with him about a few, and then we'll close out the show with Craig. Uh, mainly wanted just to hit the Breeders' Cup races. So on Friday, the Breeders' Cup races start in the sixth race with the Juvenile Phillies turf. I really like September uh, quite a bit in there. September was buried behind horses last time out, was trying to get through, had to alter course a few times, looking for a way, moved two from the inside, and came rolling, just missed. That was the first time going a mile. She stepped forward, even in slight defeat that day. I think you'll get around five to one or so on September. Um, you know, I expect happily in rushing fall, they're going to be logical horses in there. And for me, the price is Dixie Moon. So I'll have the 10 on top in there with like the 2, 11, and the 12 underneath. Dixie Moon is the long shot who can kind of show a little speed and, uh, and hang around a little bit. Well, let's uh, let's find out what George thinks because I know that he spent a lot of time on the Friday card as well as the Saturday Georgie. card. So let's bring you know him in. Jo- George Ortuzar is an actor, a radio host, a track handicapper, a poker tournament MC, and a reality star with reality show star with Win Play Show, Georgie. Good morning, my friend. 
Good morning to both of you guys. It's been wonderful listening to the show. I'm so happy to be a part of it, and uh, I'm excited about this weekend. It's just another, you know, every weekend we wait for this uh, Breeders' Cup with uh, bated breath, and, and it never disappoints. It's the best weekend of the, of the year for, uh, for gambling, and I'm a degenerate gambler, so uh, it fits in perfect <laughs> with me. Hey, this is like Christmas Eve, man. I'm so excited. Breeders' Cup Eve is, uh, is one of those nights where I don't want to go to sleep. I just want to wake up and uh, immediately get get to get to the track and, and get things rolling. So let let's let's get to it. I know you spent a lot of time on both uh, Friday and Saturday cards. You have some interesting picks. Let's start with Friday and uh, and the Juvenile Phillies Turf Division. All right, let's go right there. And you're right. I mean, for, for two weeks, I, I, every day I wake up and I go, you know, is it the third yet? Is it is it the third yet? I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, every day, I get, I get like my life. It's like, man, I can't wait to Friday. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, so let's go. I mean, you know, a lot of people ignore the Friday card. Friday card is the best, you know, time to make some money, build that bankroll, and move on so that you can really hammer the Saturday card with the great pick fours and the great pick threes. In the juvenile Phillies uh, uh, turf, there's, you know, there's some horses, there's some Phillies uh, that, to me, look, the best, they have the best third graph numbers. I'm a, you know, I'm an addict to the third graph numbers, and uh, the, the ones with the best numbers are number two, Happily, who comes in for Aiden O'Brien, who's just a beast. I mean, when it, you know, he uh, brings horses and fillies over here, and they just deliver year in and year out. Uh, this this filly's done nothing wrong. I mean, she's won four uh, four out of six. Um, I like Moore as a, as a jockey. Get your course when they get here, they get first time LASIK, so that's a that's a plus. And uh, she's, you know, she's looking for three in a row, uh, and I think she, she's got every reason to. The local uh, Philly, of course, is Rushing Fall for Chad Brown, another stud with Castellano, undefeated, always looks good, actually has the best thoroughgraph numbers in the field, uh, six and a seven. So on thoroughgraph numbers, uh, those two kind of stick out uh, with Rushing uh, Fall taking an ed- having an edge. But a, whor- a Philly that I'm going to be uh, concentrating on and it's going to be, and she's 12th one is the one best performance. So to me, for me to make money in this race, best performance has to come in the money. It's got to be first, second, or third. And I'm going to be betting exactors, trifectas, uh, uh, win uh, money. On, you know, I'm not going to bet win on, on uh, Happily or Rushing Fall, but I'm going to bet win on best performance number one. Best well, I think, that, I think you just gave me, you and Gino just gave me my try box. So I think I'm going to go one, two, ten, eleven. Gino's pick is Aiden O'Brien's other runner, September. So one, two, ten, eleven sounds like a pretty nice try box to me. Let's and the way move. you can start the pick four. Yeah, that's the first yeah. leg of that pick four too on, there you uh, on go. Friday as we move from race six to race number seven, which is the second leg of the pick four sequence. So what are we doing uh, in the in the dirt mile, Georgie? All right. Well, in the dirt mile, uh, I you know I think that. Home court advantage is such a is, is a big big deal, and uh, and and I don't think that Bob Baffert is going to be left behind in any of these races. Uh, Moore Spirit just came in with a spectacular number on the third graph sheet. I think Bob Baffert has been pointing his uh, charges for this weekend, and uh, if Moore Spirit even comes close to that last number, she's going to annihilate this field. I mean, she you know, I mean he did. He just looks so good, and, and uh, I was talking to Bob Baffert in the Clockers Corner a week ago, and he is just, he's just chomping at the bit, and this is one of, the, of his entries that he can't, you know, he can't wait to unleash. And uh, more spirit to me 
just a, a, a major standout on sheet numbers, on uh, home court advantage. I'm going to be using Iron Fist a little bit as a, as a quasi-long shot to, to be in the try, but a big win bet for me on number six, more spirit. Well, and before we move on from that race, you know, we had uh, Norman Cassie and Richard Baltus on last week, and they both have uh, runners in, in this race with Gato Deloro in number four, Awesome Slew number five. Not sure that they will end up on top, but perhaps that might be a, a good superfecta with more spirit on top, using the four and five in the, in the, with, along with your iron fist in the second and, or excuse me, the third and fourth slots in the super. That could be a, a nice little payoff there. Yeah, and uh, I don't particularly like Degato Del Oro, but, I mean, Richard Baltus is, you know, he's been running really, really well lately. So, uh, like I said, he's a hometown guy as well, and, and they seem to have a slight edge. Let's yeah, move race. on to race, uh, what, what, what is that, race eight, the yeah, uh, juvenile, juvenile turf, turf division? Yeah, um, this is the race where I think, like, uh, uh, some crazy 50-to-one shots going to win. This is the toughest race of the card. I mean, there's, on, even on third round numbers, they're so evenly matched, and those are the races where you have to say, "All right, I'm going to try to find somebody crazy." And uh, and a couple of the ones that I'm going to be keying on that are crazy, crazy out of the box uh, runners. I, I like um, first time Pratt over here. Anyway, when you know when we get first time Pratt over here, uh, we, we like betting down it here in, in Southern California. Pratt takes the call on this crazy 31 shot called Fans of Molly. Uh, comes over here from Great Britain, has been, you know, sprinting six furlongs to a mile. It may be a little bit of a stretch, but last race was, was horrible against U.S. Uh, Navy flag. But the two, the two wins before that garnished really good third graph numbers. At 30-1, to one, Pratt takes the call. I mean, here's a call that I'm going to be looking at. These are two-year-olds. They can jump up and, 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 uh, at any time and then run a monster race. And so 30-1, to one, he's one of the guys they're going to be looking at. I loved watching uh, Encumbered at Del Mar. Encumbered really liked uh, winning, had some really good third round numbers, is working well. The two dirt races are throwouts, but the uh, 15 to 1 Encumbered for Simon Callahan, who is also on a tear, uh, I think I'm definitely using as well. It's, one, it's an all race. If there ever was an all race, it's this one. There's so much money to be made this weekend, and this is one of the races that if you're right, you're going to get paid. And how do you close out the pick four? We got about uh, 30 seconds before uh, we have to go to commercial. Race nine, what are your thoughts about the distaff division? You know, I mean, it's, it's, I think Paradise Woods is going gonna, is gonna to get the, uh, an easy lead. Uh, but, I mean, Stella wins just, just a win machine. And, uh, and I love Mr. Rodas. He's my favorite owner, uh, John Sadler. They're going to have Stella win ready. And it's going to be uh, even the late has a you know decent chance. The late's been running real well, but I'm going with the champ. I'm sticking with Stellar Wind. George, you know give what? us your plugs. Where can we find you? Where can we uh, where can we follow you along? And what's going to be going on next for you? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm going to be doing a radio show. We have a radio show every Saturday morning, and you guys are going to have to be on it one day as well. It's on AM 30. Uh, called the Morning Line Sports Show. You can also listen to it throughout the country on TMLSports.com. And we're going to be doing a show live from Vegas on Saturday. We're going to be at the Mandalay Bay over there, and uh, and hopefully we're going to have a great weekend. But uh, listen to the show, tmlsports.com. You can listen to it there every Saturday morning at 8 in the morning. Outstanding. Well, we look forward to listening to that. And, uh, yeah, anytime. We'd love to, to join you, Georgie. Good luck with your 
personal wagers as well as the selections that you give out on air. We thank you for coming on with us. I know your time is limited, so best of luck, and uh, we will talk to you soon. And uh, we were going to take our next commercial break and be back with Craig Milkowski in a few moments. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Breeders' Cup Preview Show with Mike and Gino. And this hour has just been zipping along. Bye and bye. I know it's just flying and we, we move on to our next and final guest, which is Craig Malkowski, the chief speed, speed figure maker for time form us. Craig, good morning, sir. Good morning, Craig. It actually is morning here in Del Mar still. Yeah, so, right. uh, <laughs> and for, for guys like me, it's all, it's morning when it's uh, 11 noon, one o'clock, like it gets, you know, <laughs> I, this is normally still sleep time for me. So yeah, it, it's still morning, uh, still morning here. Um, I've been lucky enough to have some interactions with Craig back on TVG. I think it was always like a Sunday mornings after the big stakes races or Wednesday mornings where we'd kind of recap yep. Wednesdays. Yeah. We'd recap all the stuff that happened over the weekend. We'd go through the figures and, uh, and who looked good and, and, and who didn't. And Craig is a, as sharp as a handicapper as there is out there. And I really appreciate all the work he puts in. We're going to focus on the sprint Craig, which, uh, Man, it, from a pace and a and a time form U.S. pace projector standpoint, I'm sure this was a fun race to do because they're going to be winging it. Yeah, they are, and I was actually a little surprised this isn't a race where we say the pace is going to be overly fast. Uh, but I think there's some real high quality speed in here, so I don't think anybody's going to be stealing this race up front for sure. Like kind of we saw last year, uh, definitely a weaker feel last year than what we have this year. Uh, and I'm just really excited to see this one. These horses are going to be winging, uh, so some just some really quality sprinters in here. 
So this is the eighth race we're talking about on Saturday, the Breeders' Cup Sprint, which will be right in the middle of a lot of those Saturday exotics. Uh, it'll be in the end of one of the pick fours. It'll be the second leg of one of the pick sixes. And uh, from a, a wagering standpoint, before we specifically jump into this race, what are your plays mainly, Craig? How do you play the races? And on a Breeders' Cup weekend like this, are you more involved in pick fours, pick fives, win wagers, doubles? What's your approach? I, I'm more, I usually try to stick to one race at a time. I'm more a vertical guy, uh, play okay. win, exactas, occasional trifecta or super. But, you know, on days like this, it's hard enough to get one race right with, uh, for, for me at least. Uh, so I try to hit, to hit those races and go, you know, go for a score there as opposed to trying to be right four or five times. Well, let's see if you're going to be right in, uh, in the Breeders' Cup sprint. How does this race unfold to you? To me, I, I think this comes down to four horses, and I'm not usually a guy who, who's looking to bet favorites, but I, I think the four top choices on the morning line are, are where the win- is where the winner's going to come from. I think we have Drafong, Takafel, Roy H., and Imperial Hint. I'd be surprised if one of those four isn't your winner. Uh, what I think is going to happen is Drafong and Takafel are, you know, at some point sooner rather than later, those two are going to hook up. Uh, they're, they're both really high-quality speed horses. They've run really fast pace figures, speed figures. But I think it's going to take a little bit of toll of a, on both of them. I'm not saying that they're going to collapse. I think they're going to be right there at the finish. But I'm looking for more of an outside flow in this race. So I'm going to gear my bets in here around Roy H. and Imperial Hint, who both drew outside. They both shown the ability to read a little bit off the pace and pounce late, and they're probably going to be a little bit better priced than those two as well. So those are the ones I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm with you on Roy. You know, and I think one of the things with Roy is that race two back. You know, if you don't watch the race, you see floated six wide. You don't really understand that it was actually the loose horse. Roy H would have won that race. Um, you know, he was floated completely wide all the way out. The the nine ran, who's the nine ransom the moon in the sprint got a dream run through the inside and then Roy came all the way back on and almost won again. He has just been a a different animal this year and from a pace standpoint, as you said, it just really looks like he's going to set a perfect trip. Yeah, it does. I mean, he ran that huge race in the true no, true north at Belmont on Belmont Stakes weekend. I think it was on the Friday. And he was just huge. And his two races since then are a little bit deceiving. Like you said, uh, he, he probably should have won the Bing Crosby. Uh, it, it got a low speed figure for me. But, I mean, that's to be expected. Drafon caused all kind of problems. The jockeys were, were a little bit hesitant there. And I think it affected the time of the race. And then last time, he just had the field over a barrel. It was an overmatched group, and they set a really slow pace for the track that day. And uh, he still was able to just blow by and win as he wanted to. Uh, once again, he didn't get quite a good a speed figure as he, from me as he did in the true north, but I certainly don't think he's regressed at all despite what the numbers say. He's a horse who, who can easily pop a 130 on our numbers. And uh, if, if you have listeners that aren't familiar with him, uh, a pretty good rule of thumb is you take 20 points off, and that's about what the buyer feed speed figure will be. Usually it's going to be in that range. Craig, before I ask you about some other wagers uh, on the card, it, within this race, I, I like to look at, you know, outside of just uh, the figures, you know, and, and what the numbers say, I look, like to look for winners and consistency. A horse that's been very consistent lately and is – uh, a perfect nine for nine in the money at the distance. 
seven of those wins out of the nine is Whitmore. What are your thoughts about Whitmore's chances, and could could Whitmore be used perhaps underneath? I'm against Whitmore personally. I just I don't think he's ever really been fast enough. He was. I actually saw him this year. I went to Oakland and watched when he was dominating there, and uh, then he went to Baltimore and won the Preakness uh, on Preakness Day, I think it was. But it, during all those wins, the fastest he ever ran was a 122. Uh, and, and you know, like you said, I, hey, if you bet the best speed figure ever race, you're going to go broke eventually because that's not. You got to look a lot deeper than speed figures. But it's still a pretty strong thing for me to look and see who's the best. You know, who can win the race? And I just don't think he can beat horses this good. Uh, if you look at at who he's been beating all along, there's just no killers in there. He hasn't faced fields like he's going to face on Saturday. Very good. And now moving on to other races, you know, every year when uh, you look at the payoffs uh, on Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday, you see that one or maybe even two races where the Superfect is paying, you know, $150,000, $72,000. The Trifect is paying $14,000. We've had several guests on so far, and there's maybe a little bit of a hint of, you know, this could be more of a formful BC event uh, relative to past years. Which race would you identify as perhaps the most chaotic where you may want to box six horses for a 10 cent super if they allow 10 cents? I'm not even sure. Um, or or a big try box and expect some monster payoffs. Uh, if I was going to do that, I'd probably stick to the juvenile races. I think that's where it's a, they, they look a little more wide open this year. Uh, one of the horses I really like in the juvenile Philly turf on Friday is uh Best performance, who I think uh, she's 12 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, she had a brutal trip last time and still finished second. She drew wide, was was wide on both turns on the uh, inner course at Belmont. Uh, the pace was slow that day, and she still closed from well back to finish second, beating only a length. So she's one I like. I haven't looked too much at the uh, juvenile Philly and juvenile. Uh, on Saturday, but I, I suspect the. Oh, I take that back. <laughs> I just thought of the juvenile. Yeah, that one's not wide open. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ju- <laughs> So I bolt the Oro uh, probably towers over that field if he shows up. Uh, but yeah, the juvenile Phillies, I think, has that wide open look, and, and the juvenile Philly turf. Those are the ones I think. So Craig, on the uh, same lines, do you have a long shot special on either of the days? Uh, a horse that kind of interests me on Friday in the dirt mile is uh, Giant Expectations. Uh, he's a horse I think the distance is going to be right up his alley. And uh, in Timeform U.S. Past Performances, we color code the pace for the races. And he's a horse I like to come from off the pace. And when you look at his past performances, I think every one of the last five or six races are just littered with blue fractions, which means he's been caught behind a slow pace. I mentioned the Roy H. race earlier where he was in that field and was back early and basically had no chance when they ran the really slow first quarter. Uh, He's a horse I think could do really well at a big price on Friday. Craig Milkowski from Timeform US. Uh, when we get a few weeks into the a few weeks lo- uh, deeper into the NBA season, we'll bring you on and we'll talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder and we'll see how Paul George and Carmelo are meshing with Westbrook. I love chatting uh, basketball and, and following along with you on Twitter because I know you're a big OKC Thunder fan. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Give us your plugs. Where can we find all your good information on social media? Okay, on Twitter, I'm Timeform US Figs, just Timeform US with F I G S. 
uh, in the end, and then our company is Timeform US, uh, and our website's www.timeformus.com. Awesome, Craig. It's uh for for my money, it's it's the absolute best when you're talking about pace projecting numbers and figures. You guys just really see the rate the way that the races are going to unfold. So uh, always appreciate all the work you put in, Craig, and thank you so much for joining us. I know you just flew in, so we caught you perfect timing. And uh, enjoy your weekend out there. Make some money. All right, thanks for having me, guys. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Craig. Enjoy your time at Del Mar, my friend. All right, that was. Bye. That was Craig Milkowski. Outstanding stuff, Gino. Giving us a lot to think about. Are you um, ready? We better go rapid fire. Are you yeah, ready to rock? Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go rapid fire. So sixth race on on Friday, we talked about uh, a good uh, a few times already. And the horse that we've had two people mention his best performance. I like September in there. Rushing fall. Uh, happily, those are obvious. Any horses for you in there, Mike? That we didn't you mention. Know, uh, you know, I'm going to make it really simple. My my strategy on all the turf races is go Euros and Chad Brown. Okay. Um, in, the, in the sixth race, I'm all over Accelerate. Love the way this horse is coming into the race. Like the cutback on our Delta figures for at Bruno with the works.com. Accelerate looks very, very good in there. So I like Accelerate quite a bit. I was with Emily on Battle of Midway uh, in the eighth race there, which is uh, the eighth race on Friday. I think voting control is very interesting. That's the eight. This one got bumped around, got squeezed back at the start, ended up costing him the win. Once he settled, he came closing very well, and this is a live contender for Brown. He just fired a four-star work for us. I, I think the six, Massar, is probably the one to beat, and I will not leave out Flame Away. Remember, folks, Flame Away, last week, Norman Cassie said this horse has a shot. They've been trying to get this one on the green. I would include Sands of Molly also at a price underneath. Agreed. Uh, and then... To close things out, how do you think the distaff's going to be, uh, Mikey? It's funny that all the handicappers that talked about this race left out Abel Tasman. So I think, uh, you know, the uh, runner has to be used. I mean, you can't overlook Abel Tasman, but my top choice is Paradise Woods. I absolutely love Elate in here. I think Paradise Woods, you have to use in the exotics underneath based on the speed. But Elate is coming into this race Awesome. Bruno just loves the way she has been uh, developing in the mornings. And I thought when she busted through in her last race, it was so impressive. So we're going to rapid fire on Saturday. Now, uh, the first Breeders' Cup race on Saturday is the third race. This is, to me, the race where I'm going to go all. Because I think at the back of the early pick five, I'm going to spread out a little bit. And uh, I'm going to be using the uh, the. The third race, I'm going to spread out a little bit on Saturday. But in the fourth race, the only horses that I need are the one Heavenly Love and the three Princess Warrior. I'm just going to be too deep in there. And uh, and then in the fifth race, for me, Mike, I'm going to single Lady Aurelia. I think she just is an absolute standout there in the turf sprint. So that's kind of going to be my approach to the early pick five on Saturday. I will uh, include uh, uh, Richard's boy along with Richard Aurelia. And, uh, and and hope Richard to get Aurelia, a price there, Lady but Aurelia. yeah, <laughs> uh, Giants shortstop Rich Aurelia. Uh, you know, yeah, you can tell I listen to a lot of Giants games. So Lady Aurelia and Richard's boy uh, in in race number five. And the sixth race, I'm all over Paula Silver Lining in here. I think if you just toss her last effort, uh, she really fits nicely. Sky Diamonds is sharp. Karina Mia for me. Uh, it'll be those two. I am against Unique Bella on top. I will be using her underneath, but against on the win end. 
And uh, and then this th- this is a sequence that we talked a little bit about yesterday, Mike. The sixth, seventh, and eighth grade sequence of five. The fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade sequence on Saturday is where you're going to have a lot of shorter price favorites. The seventh race, you're going to have Lady Eli. I think you do use her. I love the one war flag in there for Shug. Those will be the two horses I use in race number seven. Very good. And just because uh, we got about thirty seconds to close in in race eight. I am going to be going with um, Takaful and Imperial Hint. That's the number seven and the number 10. Who you got? I got Roy H. This is going to be a horse I, I really like. I'm 7-8, I'm Takaful and Roy H. Roy H. sits the trip. In the ninth race, we spoke about world approval last week with Norman Cassie. I think he's the one to beat. Roly Poly is a little bit interesting in there. And I also think um, if you're looking for some prices, Rib... Uh, Blackjack Cack the 13. The race will go through Ribster. Bolt Dioro is, to me, the most likely winner on the weekend. I think he's an absolute standout and a single. Um, pretty formful in the 11th, Mike, with Highland Reel and Beach Patrol. And then to close things out, I do think Arrogate will bounce back, but I'm going to put West Coast on top of Arrogate. I think West Coast might be this year's Arrogate. Collected is my selection. That is our Breeders' Cup preview show thank you for joining us we look forward to seeing you next week and best of luck for all your wagers have a fantastic weekend thanks for joining us this week for the mike abadir show please tune in again next thursday at 2 p.m eastern time and 11 a.m pacific time for another show with mike and his co-host gino bacola on the voice america sports channel have a great week